And Muhadib stood before them, and he said, Though we deem the captive dead, yet does she live. For her seed is my seed, and her voice is my voice, and she sees unto the farthest reaches of possibility. Yea, unto the veil of the unknowable she does see because of me. From Arrakis Awakening by the Princess Irulan. Yeah, hi, welcome to Reading Dune, a podcast where we read Dune by Frank Herbert and talk about it. If you're a Fremen or a first-time reader, this podcast is for you. My name is Caleb Pauls. And I'm Evan Diaz. And together, we are going to read some Dune. Yeah, we are. Evan, oh my gosh, it's so good to see your face. It's good to see your face. Can you believe we only have two chapters left in Dune? I cannot. Wait, two chapters after this one? No. Or this one plus one more? This one plus one more. <gasps> oh my gosh, I can't, I can't handle it. We're, yeah, it's crazy. Almost, we're almost done. We are, we are in the finale. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Can you? Okay. So, I've said okay like seventeen times right now. At the beginning of every show, we like to bring in our tribe. The show is not about us; it's about everybody and everybody who's reading Dune together. That's why it's literally called Reading Dune. Yes. And if you email us at readingdune at gmail dot com and tell us your favorite moments, we'll put it on the show. And you know how, Evan, we've been asking for somebody to send in a video? Yes, the entire time. Okay, well, one person did. <laughs> nice, finally. Yes, Jonathan Johnson says he's been listening to the podcast since last summer. He's never read the full book, but his dad loved the old movie, the 1984 okay. movie, and he made him watch it. So his first time engaging with... Uh, he's reading the book. So he sent us this cute little video that uh, we got. I got to show you. Okay, I'm ready. Feels like I'm walking on the dunes of Arrakis. My favorite part of the book so far, well, of your reading of the book, because I don't actually read long. I just uh, follow along with you guys. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Um, my favorite part is actually... When they're in the tent, when Jessica and Paul are in the tent, trying to figure out what to do, waiting for uh, waiting for him to come up in the ornithopter. Because it reminds me of camping when I was a kid. It's like I used to camp in a lot of desert places. So yeah, thanks, keep up the good work, keep it spicy. So uh, during that video, he was we was walking. We didn't get to see his face. We just saw his feet walking on the desert, and uh, <laughs> that, that was it. There it is. Our our first and so far only video. Somebody's hiking shoes. But we and appreciate you know it. That's amazing. He also said he wasn't reading the book. He was just listening along, which I feel like I've slighted people when they do that. But you know what? If you're here, you're here. It's It's been happening a lot. We've been hearing about it a lot. And you know what? Whatever floats your boat. If this is the way you want to consume Dune... We're not going to fight you on it, but you should go buy the next book if you finish before we finish and then read so you can tell us your favorite moment in that book. Yes. Just saying. That's a good move. Woo. All right. So last time, Evan, oh, why did I pick that video for this chapter? Because it, it, it means something. Because um, in the tent, we had Paul's breakdown moment where he... 
He saw time unveiled before him and all the possibilities, realizing that the Baron Harkonnen in his, is his grandpa, is his poppy. He's like, what? How am I related to this scumbag? And how is like that my mom's dad? Like, we're all Harkonnens. The world sucks. He's going full existential crisis. <laughs> and he sees all of the paths laid before him. And on one of the paths, he meets up with the Baron in the end, in the end game, in the finale where we're at now, right, he right. meets up with him and he says, hello, grandfather. Mm. But in that line, it was too much damage, too much chaos. And so he's like, I can't go that way. So he picked another way. Right. And we're about to read the chapter where not Paul, but somebody of his family encounters the Baron Harkonnen Ooh. to end it. So we get to see the other, that was one possibility. Now we could see the next one. Interesting. Somebody else of the Atreides family must deal with grandfather, Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Papa Vlad? Papa Vlad, what you doing? We just get in those suspensers and rock up and down. All right, so last time on Reading Doom. Mm -hmm. The plan is in place. Yes. The fate of the Imperium is currently happening. Arrakis is awakening. It is blossoming into something else that cannot be controlled. Paul plans on using the family atomics to blow up the shield wall. There's a great, 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 great grandmother of a storm that is coming. He says it's his storm. Yes. So... He blows, in the chapter, he blows the wall, the storm comes in, they attack, yada, 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 and then during the raid, Paul learns that the Sardaukar have went to the southern Sieches and captured his sister, Aaliyah, and killing little Leto, his son. Or at least that's what he thinks, So they said. That's what he thinks, and yeah. That, that's what he, he heard it, and then his prescience like, knew right, it right, was true, right. and was, Full, full vengeance mm -hmm. is coming. But this chapter is happening simultaneously as the last chapter. Mm -hmm. So I like to think in the last chapter, you see the Sardaukar guy like come back into the, they look at the emperor's tent and the Sardaukar man comes, da da da, and that, that's kind of happening in this moment. Okay. So this chapter takes place inside the emperor's metal giant circus tent. Mm-hmm. Inside the Emperor's Imperial Audience Chamber, the throne room, or what will become a temporary throne room. Right, right. Inside this grand chamber, there are Sardaukar, there are guards, there are pages, there are cool little things called nukers, which are the Emperor's personal bodyguards. Hmm. The room is lined with captured enemy battle flags, bloodied with the blood of the Sardaukar's enemy. Wow. So they have guards in this room, there's all these people, and inside, right in the middle, I like to think, there's a very, 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 very fat man. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. And he's staring at the floor, because he's basically in, been called to the principal's office at this point in time. <sighs> and the voices call out, make way, make way for the royal person. So this is now the first time we see, hear, and talk, besides Princess Irulan's letters, right. to the, the Padasha Emperor, the political leader of the universe. Yes, the, yes, yes. The Imperium. Shaddam IV enters the audience chamber from a side hallway and walks to the center of the room. 
He's followed by a posse. And he's also completely ignoring the very fat Baron in front of him. Shaddam like probably turns his back to the Baron and waits. The, the royal throne must be brought before he can sit and start doing. And it's like stone, like the whole thing is just stone. Is that what it said? Yeah, it's made out of one piece of blue stone with like yellow streaks through it. The heck? Okay. Sounds heavy. I'm just saying. <laughs> it does sound heavy. Um, the Baron, on the other hand, is not comfortable in this awkward silence. He looked up at the Emperor impatiently looking for a sign to any clue as to why he's here. The Emperor specifically asked Baron to come to Arrakis to meet him on the planet. And the guild let him have this audience, right? Because the guild is have every they're like having a big embargo on the planet. So only if people come down, they can't get back up. Right. So he specifically asked, and even the guild has said, Oh yeah, you need to meet with uh, the emperor now. Right. So yeah, I have in my, I have in my notes. This is the equivalent of the intergalactic call to the principal's office. Right. The emperor stood there waiting for his chair. He was posed, slim, elegant, wearing a very normal gray Sardaukar uniform, complete with a Berseg's helmet. With The only thing that you know is different is because it's got the imperial golden crest right. on it. Very, he likes to think he's simple. He likes to think that. I don't think he actually is, though. The Baron couldn't help but notice the sharp features and the cold eyes that reminded him of a long-dead Duke Leto. So the throne is brought in, this massive chair out of a single piece of blue-green quartz, and the pages set it down, and the emperor took his seat. As he sat, an old woman, a witch-like, all-black, hooded, robed woman, comes out and appears next to the chair. Her hood is dropped deep over her forehead, so the baron could not see her eyes. Mm-hmm. Slowly, the Baron watched as one scrawny hand rose up and rested on the back of the throne. The Baron, who quieted his trembling. He just felt just looking at her. This was the Emperor's truthsayer, his Bene Gesserit accomplice, the Reverend Mother Gaius Helen Mahalam, who we met in Chapter 1. So we're coming all the way full circle now. Wow. She back. This is the the woman that tested Paul to make sure he was human, that put him through the Gom Jabbar. That was that was what's happening. Yeah, salty grandma. It's all coming back. And if she was here, that meant his audience was the emperor was gonna be a questioning about what happened on Arrakis. Because way back when he would make sure he didn't know actually what happened, just in case he ever had to meet the Emperor's truth sayer. Right. Well, now's the time. The Baron looked away from the Reverend Mother, looking at the posse that followed the Emperor. There were two guild agents, both with gray eyes. And also, there was one of the Emperor's daughters, the Princess Irulan. There she is. She's here. She made it. She doesn't do much, but she's there. No, she's just watching. She's she's got to write all this down. She needs to know what's going to happen. Right, 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 right. Uh, He was told that she'd been trained in the deepest Bene Gesserit ways, destined to become a reverend mother. She was tall, blonde, and the face chiseled beautifully. The Baron couldn't help but keep staring at the green eyes of the Princess Erewhon when the Emperor called out to him, finally. My dear Baron, 
With Shaddam's tone, he managed to greet the Baron while also completely dismissing him. The fat, the fat Baron bowed low. I like to think he like would fall all the way forward if he didn't have the suspensors like holding his massive body back up. Makes sense. Just to like play on the the fact of like he he, uh, he needs technology to support himself. He can't do it on. He can't support himself on his own. Right. I ca- I came at your summons, Majesty. Summons? The old witch crackled. The emperor was pleased with how uncomfortable the baron was in this exact moment. So first, he starts off with a question. First, will you tell me where you sent your minion, Thufir Howitt? The baron nervously looked left, right, regretting he didn't bring any of his own Harkonnen guards. Not that they would help at all versus the Sardaukar, but, you know, still. Well, the emperor said, like, give me the, what what happened to Thufir? So the baron responds that Howitt has been gone for five days. He went with the smugglers to infiltrate the camp of of the Fremen fanatic, this Muhadib. So Howitt's gone. He's the, you know, the Harkonnen hand finally had to be pushed and Thufir finally went. Uh, The Emperor secretly is loving this. And even the witch standing behind the chair leaned forward. The Emperor nodded. Hmm, five days, Baron. Tell me why you aren't worried about his absence. The Baron responds. But I am worried, Majesty. The Emperor just continues to stare. And the reverend mother behind him starts cackling because she sees that he is telling the truth. The baron gains his composure and continues to stay or say what he means is that Howitt will soon be dead. Right. Because of the poison and he's been like giving him the antidote every once in a while. Right. So now if he's gone for too long, he'll just die. And yes. So the emperor asks, oh... Nice. That's, that was good. Good job. Um, so now where are your nephews, Raban hmm? and young Fade Rautha? Which is interesting that, I mean, since Baron, um, I mean, since Raban was over the planet, you would think that somebody would know where, where he was. Um, the Emperor, like, you're supposed to be in charge. Where are you? Right. But the Baron explains that he sent them to inspect the shield wall because a storm is coming and the Fremen might attack under the cover of the storm, which is actually accurate. Right. Like the Baron knew. He's got the right idea. He was right, yeah. That's, uh-huh, that's totally what's going to happen. But of course the Emperor shrugs this off and tells them how obviously the storm won't be heavy in the basin because the shield wall. Yeah. Duh. Obviously. And also... Those Fremen rabble won't attack with there being five legions of Sardaukar here. What a dumb move. Obviously. Right. The arrogance is really starting to show here. So the Baron agreed, but said, you know, it's better safe than sorry. And this is where the Emperor does it. Literally laughs out loud. <laughs> As if he's playing up that, yes, he understands. Better safe than Sorry. And how he's just supposed to ignore how much time this Arrakis nonsense has taken just to be, quote-unquote, safe. Nor does he look at how much of the Chome Company profits continue to be poured into Arrakis to keep it safe. And he's just supposed to ignore this whole stupid affair that caused everything to stop 
just to be sure. All right, so the Baron's like, I need to do this to make sure we're good. And he's like, yeah, well, the Emperor says that uh, since you've been ruling Arrakis, this has sucked. And we've been just pouring money in to keep the spice flowing, but somehow it's, it's no. This whole thing, I think, I think the Emperor is regretting even letting the Harkonnens come in and kill off the Atreides, because this is, this is not working out for him. Right. Things are much worse now. <laughs> much worse. The Baron just lowers his gaze, visibly tightening by the anger pouring out of the Emperor. The Baron is now in a tricky spot. He's alone, solely dependent on the convention and the great houses, right? The agreement that said that the Emperor would not directly go after yada, 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 yada. And there's every great house that's watching, waiting above them for anything to go wrong. And so if the Emperor did break the convention, they would come pouring in. So there's this like legal, there's this legal stuff happening. So the Emperor asked the Baron if he's taken any hostages. Like, you've been here for a while. Have you taken any hostages, you know, of the, you know, the people that are causing this mess? And the Baron explains the savage nature of the Fremen, saying how they hold a burial ceremony for every captive and act as though each one were already dead. The Emperor says, so what? You're responsible here. What have you done? Right. So the Baron, still full of excuses, starts to sweat. He's looking back and forth at this giant fortress the Emperor has brought with him to Arrakis and how he legitimately brought the whole Imperial squad with him. Hairdressers, women, designers, legitimately everybody is here. And, and they're all plotting, being political, fawning over the Emperor, trying to move their place up the ranks. And they're all watching him put an end to this debacle that's currently happening. They're like, oh... We're going to record how the Emperor kicked butt today versus the Harkonnens and restored peace to the Imperium. Let the spice flow, right? Princess Irwan is legitimately writing everything down here. And then the Emperor shows his hands. So he asks about, have you taken hostages? And then he's, the Emperor says, perhaps you never sought the right kind of hostages. Fear dropped into the Baron's stomach. Do you have any idea who Muhadib could be? The emperor said. And Muhadib at this point is a uh, common name in the Imperium. Everybody knows who this Muhadib fanatic is. It is his, the name has spread to infamy. But the Baron just shrugs it off, saying he's surely just a Fremen religious adventurer, a fanatic who lives on the fringes of civilization. Sure. Which again, He's not wrong. I, yeah. Technically, no. No. Now, Paul is definitely living on the fringe of civilization. The Fremen aren't, aren't included in, in civilization. Like, it, yes. So the emperor then glances at the truthsayer, the old witch behind the chair. And then he turns just back. Oh, no, the emperor glances up at the truthsayer. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't know who Muhadib is. And then he turns to the Baron, saying, you have no other knowledge of the one they call Muhadib. A madman, the Baron said. But then again, all Fremen are a little mad. Which is just a nice, solid note to how prejudice can blind you from seeing the truth. Oof. 
Boy, you better preach. Like the 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 Baron is right about so many things. He was right that the Fremen were going to attack when they did. He was right about how to use Thufir. He was right about how to get uh, underneath the skin of Yui to do what mm-hmm. he wants. Like he's he's right about a lot of things, but his prejudice is what blinds him and ultimately is his giant downfall. Dang. The Baron continues how the people. The, the common folks scream Muhadib when they leap into battle. The women throw babies at the Harkonnen guards and hurl themselves onto knives. They have no, no, no decency, the Baron says. Hmm. The Emperor just nods. It's, that's pretty bad. It's, yeah. Now tell me, uh, my dear Baron, have you ever looked at the southern pole of Arrakis? The Baron's quite unsure what happened. He's just staring blankly. But, well, uh, mm, you know, your majesty, it's, it's uninhabitable. Just wind and worms out there. There's not even spice in those latitudes. Which, boys and girls, it's important to understand how your world works around you and how the systems operate. Because if the bear would understand where the spice came from, he would understand if there are worms, there are spice. Right. So if you want to get ahead in the world, understand how the world works and use it to its advantage. The emperor brings up that it's been reported there are patches of greenery in the south. The baron shrugs it off saying, ah, reports like that have always been there. A few plants have always been there, but the cost is too high. Too many thopters lost. The men aren't meant to survive in that. Having enough, the emperor snapped his finger and the door opened behind the throne room and out walked a little four-year-old girl. Uh-oh. Wearing a black abba with a still suit underneath, just like the old witch behind the throne. But now, the little girl has her hood thrown back. Her eyes were deep Fremen blue, and she was completely unafraid. Yeah, she was. In fact, there was, there was a look to her that made the Baron feel uneasy for no particular reason. So, in walks Aaliyah. Even the Bene Gesserit truth strayer drew back, visibly shaken, as this little child just walks on confidently past her. The Emperor cleared his throat to talk, but Aaliyah started talking first. <laughs> so, here he is! He didn't appear to be much, does he? One frightened old fat man, too weak to support his own flesh without help. The Baron, everybody, the whole room is speechless. You can feel the Baron's anger just percolating under the surface. What is this creature, this imp? Is it a midget? And then the Emperor said his piece. My dear Baron, I would like to introduce to you the sister of Muhadib. The Baron shifted his attention to the Emperor. The sister? I don't understand. The Emperor said... I, too, sometimes err on the side of caution and better safe than sorry. It's been reported to me that your uninhabitable southern pole actually shows evidence of human activity. Uh But that's impossible, the Baron said. The worms! These people seem to avoid worms, the Emperor said, starting to enjoy himself. In reality, the people ride the worms! Come on, we don't just avoid the worms. They use them as transportation. Right. So, Is that like they can't even imagine yes. having that much control over the worms? So they're like, 
I guess they avoid them because how else would they, you know? Yeah. This, this, this creature out in the desert that it cannot be stopped. It is a force of nature like the wind or a hurricane or the storms. Like you just can't control these things. But the Fremen, all they know, they just need to put down a solid beat and it'll come. So they know what's up. So now Aaliyah has now sat down on the diocese right next to the throne, just dangling her feet nonchalantly over the edge, kicking them back and forth. The whole room, the Baron included, can't help but stare at this little girl. She is completely sure of herself in this situation. It's like she wants to be there. The Emperor explains how he said sent five troop carriers to pick up prisoners for questioning, but his Sardaukar troops were overpowered by old men, women, and children. But they captured this child, which was in command of one of the Fremen attack groups. So I just imagine a flashback scene of like the Sardaukar coming in. There's a little Aaliyah just standing on something, pointing, screaming as like people rushing past her to like just killing all these guards. To which Aaliyah piped up, I allowed myself to be captured. I did not want to face my brother and have to tell him that his son had been killed. So, of course, when she found out the news that little Lido had passed away and was murdered, she was like, nope, I'm done, take me. I, I would much rather see the emperor and face than face my brother's wrath. Let's just take me to him. My, my, my brother's going that direction anyway. We'll just meet up there. Just take me to him. The emperor is now talking more to the baron. And he says, only a handful of our men got away. Got away. You hear that? Aaliyah now fully inserting herself into this conversation like she had been invited. We would have had them too if it wasn't for the flames. She's like going through it in her head like, what did we do wrong? The emperor goes on to say how his Sardaukar were overwhelmed by women and children, and only in desperation they escaped. This anger has now overwhelmed the baron. He said, we must attack and exterminate the Fremen completely. To complete the genocide they originally sold. Like, first they were just hunting Fremen for sport. Now he wants to eliminate all of them. But the Emperor is now just pissed at the Baron. He's done. Silence! At the Baron as he rises out of his big blue chair. Do not abuse my intelligence any longer and stand there in your foolishness. The old witch is about to say something, but the emperor waves her off to silence and just continues to rant. You say you don't know about the activity we found, nor the fighting qualities of these superb people. What do you take me for, Baron? As Shaddam IV rose from his chair, the Baron took two steps backwards, thinking and blame-shifting that this is all Raban's fault for some reason. And this fake dispute with Duke Leto, the emperor, now easing back into his blue chair. How beautifully you maneuvered it. The emperor goes to talk, or the, the baron goes to explain himself, but then silenced by the emperor. The old Bene Gesserit witch, the reverend mother Gaius Helmahamam, takes her wrinkly, creepy hands and slowly puts it on Shaddam's shoulder and leans closer into the emperor's into the emperor's ear to whisper something that the baron really does have no clue who this little girl is. Aaliyah stopped kicking and she leans forward saying, make him, make him afraid some more, Shaddam. 
I shouldn't enjoy this, but I find the pleasure impossible to suppress. I like how the four-year-old calls the emperor by his first name. Right. No respect. No respect. Just who is this creature? What is this happening? The emperor says, quiet, child, as he takes his hand and puts it on her head. Like, just shush. And they both stare at the old fat baron. And the baron then asks if the baron, do you really not recognize this child? This, this girl in front of you is the daughter of your ally, the Duke Leto. Aaliyah hates this. My father was never his ally. My father was dead. And this old Harkonnen beast has never seen me before. The Baron is legit stupefied. He couldn't even find a rasp of his voice. Aaliyah pushed herself off the dais, dropping down to the same level as the Baron, probably walking toward him, and saying, I am Aaliyah, daughter of Duke Leto and the Lady Jessica, sister of Duke Paul Muhadib. My brother has promised to have your head atop his battle standards, and I think he shall. Jeez. <laughs> Be hushed, child, the emperor said. As he now, standing in his blue chair, puts his hand on his chin, studying the baron. But Aaliyah whipped back to look at the emperor. I do not take the, I do not take the emperor's orders. Aaliyah then makes contact with the reverend, eye contact with the reverend mother. She knows. The emperor looked back at his handy truth sayer and he could only see this old creepy woman railing. That child is an abomination. Her mother decries a punishment greater than anything in history. Death. It cannot come too quickly for that child or any, or any of the ones who spawned her. The old woman pointed a finger at the little girl and screaming, Get out of my mind! The emperor snapped to attention back to the little girl by the great mother. Evan, what's happening? Uh... <laughs> Alia is a reverend mother, so she has access to the uh, the uh, long thread of reverend mothers of yeah. the past, right? Mm -hmm. And so she, uh, I guess she also has access to all the other reverend mothers that currently yeah. exist. And so she, Alia, exists inside this reverend mother's brain. And this Reverend Mother has no idea how that even happened. She's She doesn't know the story. She just knows for a fact that Alia is a Reverend Mother, and that doesn't make any sense. Right? Yeah. Right. And now, somehow, that Alia is in the Reverend Mother's mind. Like, she says, she's like the ones before me, the ones who gave me the memories. She stands in my mind. She cannot be there. Like, even she doesn't know how she's, she's there. But she is. And I don't quite even know what this means. Um, because I, I don't quite understand the, the logic and the, how this all works. But I would like to think that... So, um, the rumor is, is that Gaius Helen Mahamam is also her grandmother... Right. So, you had said that before that she's uh, Jessica's mother. 
Right. So she's connected to the biological things that are connecting as you can see into her past. So technically she would be able to be in uh, Guy's Helmut Muhammad's memories. And so there's this weird thing that's happening that she shouldn't be there, but she is. And it's like Aaliyah is just standing there in her mind being like, I know everything you've ever happened. I don't know how that works and how that's supposed to work. It's uh, it's crazy because she is. She is an ab- she's an abomination. She's something that should not be created, but here she is. Everybody knows that this this little girl was weird, and she does things that should not be done by human people. Um, yeah, even the quote at the very beginning is talking about her, how she is Muhadib's sister that she sees into the past and into the future, and. She's just this creature. So, of course, guys, Hamam Hamam says this out loud. Like, it's not telepathy. She's in my mind. She's like the ones before me. Like the others. And the emperor's like, what others? Like, what? Ha- what happened? And the old woman straightened, <clears throat> finding her posture again. Like, nope, don't giving away secrets. Cannot give away secrets. Uh, I've said too much. <laughs> no, but... They, nobody know, actually knows how the Reverend Mothers work, so except for maybe the Fremen. So, no, we won't let, not let you know that's how we have all our knowledge. Right. And the fact remains that this child, who is not a child, Aaliyah is not a child at no. all, must be destroyed. And this is where Aaliyah just goes after her. You babble, old woman. You don't know how it is, yet you rattle on like a pure blind fool. Aaliyah closed her eyes, took a deep breath, and held it in some weird Bene Gesserit weirding way. The old Reverend Mother just groaned and staggered by probably because Aaliyah's just playing in her brain. Right. Aaliyah opened her eyes and says, that is how it was, a cosmic accident. And you played your part in it. The Reverend Mother held up both hands, palm pushing the air towards Aaliyah. The Emperor is just confused. What's happening here? Child, can you truly project your thoughts into a mind of another? Aaliyah just brushes it off. That's not how it is at all. Unless I'm born as you, I cannot think as you. Kill her! The old woman muttered and clutched the back of the throne for support with her old crinkly little fingers. Kill her! But her sunken old eyes of memory just glared at Aaliyah. Silence, the emperor said. And he's now just looking at this little girl. Nobody cares about the Baron anymore. He is no longer important. He's done in this story. This little girl is by far the most interesting thing that they've ever seen. (laughs) What the is happening here. Child, can you communicate with your brother? Aaliyah just shrugs it. My brother knows I'm already here. Can you tell him to surrender at the price of your life? (laughs) Aaliyah smiled up at him with clear innocence. I shall not do that, she said. The Baron just stumbled forward, now standing beside Aaliyah. Majesty, he pleaded, I knew nothing of Interrupt me one more time, Baron, the Emperor said, and you'll, you, you will lose your powers of interruption forever. He kept his attention focused on the little girl, studying her. You will not. You will not give yourself up. 
Can you read my mind? Like, how, do, how is this working? Why are, why is all these weird things happening? And she's like, I already told you, I can't read minds. But one does not need telepathy to read your intentions. Yikes. Now, if that's not the most Bene Gesserit saying, right. I don't know what is. Like, I don't need to read minds to see all the things you're trying to do. And everything that you're trying to plan. It's so flippin' obvious that your destruction is near. The Emperor just scowled. Child, your cause is hopeless. I have but to rally my forces. And he's just talking blah, blah, blah about how he's so powerful and everybody loves a Sardaukar when we just know that women and children can beat them. Right. So I'm confused about why he thinks he still has the upper hand. And then Aaliyah says, it, it's, not, it's not that simple, right? Because the Emperor's like, I'll destroy the planet. She's like, nah, I don't know. She points to the two guildsmen over there, the ones with grayed out eyes, probably because they're wearing contacts to show that they're, they're not pure blue. Yeah. Because of all the spice they're taking. She just says, ask them. And the Emperor says, it is not wise to go against my desires like his arrogance is full in fully there now. Yeah. You should not deny me the least thing. And then Aaliyah just calmly, my brother comes now. Even any emperor may tremble before Muhadib, for he has the strength of the righteous and heaven smiles upon him. This is jihad, this is jihad talk. Yeah. This is pure indoctrination of the religious fanatics of Muhadib that will storm across the entire universe. For sure. And she's, and she's just playing into it because that's all she knows. Right. She's never known any other truth or life or anything. It's just purely the, the missionary protectiva to the nth degree manipulating religions and people. Yeah. That's, what, that's all she's ever known. The emperor now surges to his feet. This play has gone too far. I will take your brother and his planet and grind them into... Boom! The room rumbled and shook around them. What happened, Evan? What happened to the boom? What's, what's the boom? Um, the, uh, the atomics, right? The, the explosion that they set off. Boom! Yes. There came a sudden cascade of sand behind the throne where the hutment was coupled with the emperor's ship. So now sand is leaking into the tent, right. into this metal tent. Then the, the, the planet cannot be controlled by them. There is an abrupt flicker tightening of the skin pressure that told everybody that the wide area shield was being activated. So they turned the shields on. And then Aaliyah, in confidence, just says, I told you, my brother comes. The emperor stood in front of his throne, right hand pressed to his right ear, trying to hear what was happening in the situation, like, tell me what's going on. The baron at this point moves two steps behind Aaliyah. Boom, 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 boom. The starter car leap into position to defend the doors. We'll fall back into space and reform, the emperor said. Baron, my apologies, these madmen are attacking under the cover of the storm. We will show them the emperor's wrath. He pointed to Aaliyah. Give her body to the storm. And as he spoke, Aaliyah fled backwards. But who's right behind her? Baron. The big old grandpappy Baron. She backed right into the Baron's arms. 
The Baron shouted, I have her majesty. Look, let's be honest though. Let's just take a let's just take a moment to reflect. If they were to try to play tag and the Aaliyah would try to like run around, the bear would not be able to catch her. With even with his suspenders. This is big bouncy. Bum, 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 boing, bum, boing, and she's just running boing. around. So this is probably the only way that he'd ever get her his hands on her. His her accidentally back into him. I have her majesty, the baron shouted. Shall I dispatch her now? He hurled her to the floor and clutched his left arm. I'm sorry, grandfather, Elia said. You've met the Atreides Gom Jabbar. She just got to her feet and dropped a dark needle from her hand. Dang! The baron fell back. His eyes bulged as he stared at the red slash on his left palm. You, you, he rolled sideways in his suspensors. The sagging mass of flesh supported inches off the floor with his head lolling and his mouth just hanging open. So it's like he dropped dead, but he, the suspensors are holding him up just inches above the floor. Finally. And that's how Baron Vladimir Harkonnen dies. How do you feel about that? Evan, do you think it was a righteous, do you think that was a good ending for uh, him? Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. That he died by a four-year-old little girl who just poked him with a with a little thing and he just decided to... Def- yeah, I, that was it. I love it. That's great. Get him out of here. <laughs> so it wasn't Paul saying, hello, grandfather. It was his little sister saying, I'm sorry, grandfather. And I don't know where she got the Gom Jabbar. I mean, I don't know if Jessica was just hoarding them or having some in the back or, you know... She's got to get him for something, but she, Aaliyah just definitely took one for this favorite, favorite moment. So I know what I'm going to use this for. The Emperor, and now sand's rolling in, it's chaos is happening. The Emperor just snarls, these people are insane. <laughs> Quick into the ship, we'll purge this planet of every, and then something sparked to his left. A roll, a roll of ball of lightning bounced away from the door there. It crackled as it touched the metal floor, and its smell burned everything. The shield didn't hold the storm. (laughs) And then somebody calls out, they've shot the nose of our ship off! Because that's, you know, they had the, the, the guns pointed at all the ships, so now they really can't leave. Dust is now boiling through the room. Another An undercover Aaliyah leaped up and ran out the outer door. She's gone. Bye. See you later, Leah. Have fun in the battle. Do good things. Make good choices. <laughs> the emperor whirled around, motioned his people into an emergency door that swung open in the ships beside the throne. He flashed a hand signal to the Sardaukar. We'll make our stand here, the emperor ordered. Another crash <laughs> shook the outside. The double doors banged open on the far side of the chamber admitting wind-blown sand and the sound of shouting. And then a small, black-robed figure could be seen momentarily against the light. It was none other than little Aaliyah, darting out to find a knife as befitted her Fremen training to kill the Harkonnen and Sardaukar wounded. Right, because that's what the little kids are supposed to do, right? Right, that's the legend, that the, that the Fremen children are more dangerous than the than the adults, because they just go around, if you are slightly injured, they'll just kill you. They'll walk up, oh, you're not dead, slunk. 
Oh, you're not dead. Slink. Let's get your water. We're, we're so rich now. Take your blood. Slink. Slink. Oh, you're not dead. Yay! <laughs> She's a little mass murderer just killing everybody left and right as somebody gets knocked down. Ha! Gotcha. Just go after people's ankles. Take you down. <laughs> so th that's our little four-year-old Aaliyah. We're so proud of her. Doing the Fremen thing. Aww. Good job. Everybody's going crazy. Save yourself, sire! Sardaukar officer yells, into the ship! But the emperor is now completely alone on his dais, pointing towards the doors in front of him. There's a 40-meter section in between that's now blasted away. A dust cloud hung low over the outside. Static lightning is sparkling from the cloud and sparking flashes on the shields. And then plain white figures are now in combat and start a car, leaping around grade robe men, and there's this attack that's happening. All of this was the frame for the target of the Emperor's pointing hand. You could just see it out there. And out of the sandy haze came an orderly mass of flashing shapes. Great rising curves with crystal spokes that resolved into a gaping mouth of sandworms. A walled mass of them. Each with a troop of Fremen riding to the attack. So they were, we were just talking about how, like, they avoid worms. No, they ride worms into battle. Right. This is what is happening. The full force of the planet of Arrakis is hitting this moment. For real. So there's, like, a big wall of worms, basically. Yes, just coming towards them, just rolling in. Gosh. And all these Fremen are on top. And, you know, Paul's probably guiding one into, like, the big right. one or something. Like, he's just going for it. Men jumped off the worms' backs, blades flashing, ominous yellow light was a thing the Sardaukar had been trained to face. There's that yellow light again of bad things happening. It was man-to-man -man on the plain of Arakeen. While, that, while a picked Sardaukar bodyguard pressed the Emperor back into the ship, sealed the door on him, and prepared to die at the door as to be the shield to keep the Emperor safe. In the shock of comparative silence within the ship, we're now just seeing only the Emperor, alone in this room, stared at wide-eyed faces in his suite. I guess he's not alone. He's, he's, he's got, everybody's still there. The posse's still there. His daughter's still there. The hairdressers are there. Mm -hmm. And the old truth stare is also there, standing like a black shadow with her hood pulled about her face. And at last, he saw the two guildsmen. They wore the gray unadorned and seemed, they seemed as calm as they could with everything happening around them. Just docile little creatures. Like, what the hell? They've probably seen this and they're just waiting. The taller of the two held a hand to his left eye as the emperor watched someone jostled the guildsman's arm. The hand moved, and the eye revealed. The man had lost one of his contact lenses, and the eye stared out totally blue. It's like almost black, right? Yeah, that's a lot of spice. Yeah. That's a heavy spice diet. The smaller of the pairs elbowed his way a step near the emperor. We cannot know how it will go, he said. And the taller companion, hand restored <clears throat> on the eye, please don't look at my blue eye, Said it, but this Muhadib couldn't know either. Right, right, come on, because they're like, well, we know what's going to happen, but he also don't know because we can't tell what he knows. Yada, yada, yada. Right. <laughs> but I think Paul knows his chances. He'll take them. The words shocked the emperor. 
out of this daze it was happening. Wait, what? He checked the scorn on his tongue by the visible effort because it did not make the guild navigators, guild navigators single mind focused. These two were fully dependent on their faculty that they'd lost the use of their eyes. They didn't see what was happening. They only saw the paths that were happening in the future and in the present and in everything. They only saw that. They weren't there. They weren't present at all. Yeah, they didn't even bother looking at stuff with their physical eyes. They were just off in possibility land. Yes. And how dangerous that was because it's like, what are you? What are you doing? So of course the emperor then looks to the reverend mother. We must. What are we gonna do? <laughs> She pulls the hood from her face and met his gaze with an unblinking stare. The look that passed between them carried complete understanding. They had one weapon left, and they both knew it. Treachery. In the Dune universe, you can always fall back on treachery. Be true. The Baron used treachery. Like that was, that's the thing they're all going to go to. We don't know, we can't overpower you, so we're just going to be treacherous. So here's their plan. They say, summon Count Fenring from his quarters. You remember Count Fenring, Evan? Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that was just kind of couldn't really talk much and yeah, yeah, uh, 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 and his little thing. Yeah, that's, that's their plan to beat Muhadib is Count Fenring. Okay. The Padishah Emperor nodded waving for one of his aides to obey the command. And thus ends chapter 47. The, we are, yeah. We know Paul is coming. It is happening. The wall has been broken. Everything is everywhere. The Baron is dead. We now know that Aaliyah loves knifing people to death. <laughs> That's now her thing. She will forever be known as Saint Aaliyah of the Knife, which was quoted back in like a hint second or third chapter, right. I think, in one of those little headings. Um, and we know that Count Fenring is coming. We know from the, the quotes earlier on that the, I'm trying to think back. All right, it was a Princess Erewhon quote. They are all Princess Erewhon quotes, Caleb. But she's talking about in my father's house, how the only real friend that the emperor had was Count Fenring. Mm -hmm. And you know it was a real friend because he didn't do something he was asked. And I'm just gonna leave that there, and we're gonna sit on that. It's not a spoiler because it was in the it was in the yeah, past yeah. one, right? Right, right, right. Cool. Nobody get mad at me. We go into those lap chapters. Count Fenring hasn't done anything since that was said. Mm -mm. No, it was. We know. Yeah, last we saw him was with the Baron on Giddy Prime in the beginning of Book Three. So, and I'm excited because. The next episode is the next chapter. The last chapter. Of Dune. We will have done it. The last chapter. The conclusion. Well. If, yeah. Uh, we're going to jump on uh, Discord real fast to talk about it. Uh, you can find us there. I'll put a link somewhere for that. Um, follow us on Twitter at Reading Dune. Oh, email us your favorite yes. moments. If Aaliyah, if Aaliyah shanking people or killing the Baron saying you have met the Atreides Gam Jabbar is your favorite moment. Come on, I want to know. That's cool. Email us, readingdune, gmail.com. Evan, any final thoughts? Uh, uh, yay, the Baron's dead. Aaliyah is cool, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, on that note, stay spicy, my friends. I will. We'll see you next chapter. Peace.